Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, are difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12. Ooh, big number. Yeah. We're like out of the tens. Right. And the one after that. Yes. No one cares about the one after that. No. No. (laughs) It's just a one and another one after it. That's just copying. Right. Yeah, don't yeah. copy the guy before you. It's a biter. It's a biter? Remember, remember that word? No. Biter? No. Oh my god. From like the 90s? No. Yeah. And you bit off someone? No. I never bit anything off of anyone. You didn't hear That's that That's not wo- true. Anyway, apologies anyway, for that don't be a biter. tangent. <laughs> Welcome to episode 12 of Blackbird. Um, finally, I have... Dan back with me, because I know that I've been doing a lot of minisodes without him, so we finally have a full-length episode, and Dan and I are appropriately appropriately social distanced because we got new equipment Mm. for our recording sessions, because we knew that our audio was not up to par, Oh yeah, and we wanted to fix that. Super fans, we went straight to Wish.com, spent like five bucks each. (laughs) I can't believe you know what Wish.com is. Yeah. I work in manufacturing. I know how to get stuff cheaply. Wish, Alibaba. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I've gotten my extensions from Alibaba. There you go. And they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, so, Dan is back. Yay! Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm here. And he also has a puppy on his lap. Hello, everybody. He's probably going to make hair. some noise because now he's chewing on his chair. Chomp, chomp, chomp. That's what he does. Um, and I, of course, am Sarah, as always. And, uh, yeah. So, the story that we have today is, um, another LGBT story, and I'm just gonna get into it because it's kind of crazy. Um, so, no more chit-chat. Just getting into oh, the story. Right. <clears throat> Serious. Business time. <clears throat> I'm ready. Oh, I've also been seeing on a lot of the podcast forums that people don't like when co-hosts chit-chat. But I personally do. Well. So, I couldn't care less. Excessive chit-chat is annoying, especially when it's like, it's like an inside joke. So if we have a chit-chat about, like, our dog and, like, how the lawn looks. Yes. That's that's not interesting to anyone. I had (laughs) mentioned on something that we chit-chat, but most of the time it has to do with the case. Absolutely. (laughs) Or information regarding something that we're discussing in the case. Not just that, like, oh, hey, remember last week when we went to the grocery store? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I appreciate some chit-chat because it makes it more personal, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't listen to podcasts for news. Right. I listen to podcasts for the stories and the personal connection. So that's what I wanted for our podcast. Yep. And I hope that that's coming across to people. Yeah, that's my whole point. That's my whole reason for being here. Correct. Otherwise, it would just be me reading a script and that would just be news. Right. So. Which is what our minisodes are. Right. And if that's what you want, then you click on those. Exactly. And if that's what you all want, you click on them anyway. Thank you. (laughs) You click on all the things, please. But, anyway, no more chit-chat. Right. Into the story. That was a lot of chit-chat. We lied. Sorry. So we did lie. Yeah. This is the first time that we're back together for a different episode. So we had We had a little stuff to get out. Get it out. All right. Shake it out. Let's go. All right. We're good now. 
On July 17th, 2008, Monica Merguia and Ashley Rufino went to their sister's apartment in Greeley, Colorado. Upon entering the apartment, they saw a bloodied blanket on the living room floor. When they approached the blanket, they would see their sister was underneath, beaten so terribly that her face was disfigured and her skull was crushed in. They immediately called 911, but were so distraught by what they had just witnessed that a neighbor had to continue the phone call herself and take Monica and Ashley outside. She told the 911 operator that there was nothing they could do to save the woman on the floor as she was already stiff and she felt no pulse. When the paramedics arrived, they too knew she was far past aid. The woman under the blanket was 18-year-old Angie Zapata. Dang. 18. That and sucks. her sisters found her. <clears throat> yeah, and I, you know, it's funny because I feel like such a broken record because every time you say something like that, I'm like, oh, God, that sucks. But then, and then I have to say, oh, you know, it sucks when anybody dies. But it extra sucks when it's someone that young, that young. found by their siblings. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just a rough time all around. I mean, I have to say maybe there's some saving grace there in the fact that they were together when they found her. And it wasn't oh, one yeah. of them alone. One of them alone. You know? 100%. But still, I can't even. No. Ugh. And to find her so violently mm -hmm. murdered, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Angie had taken upon babysitting her sister Monica's three children after having had the possibility of being promoted to assistant manager at a local restaurant. But to Angie, family always came first. So she jumped at the opportunity to be a loving aunt. But when Angie didn't show up to babysit on this particular day, Monica became concerned and wanted to check on her sister. She called Ashley because Angie had Monica's car. They called Angie together multiple times with no answer, so they decided to head over to her apartment. That's when she and Ashley found Angie deceased on her living room floor. There's a lot to unpack about this entire case, the who's, the what's, the why's. So we're going to start at the beginning of what led to this horrific event. A few days prior, Angie met a guy on social networking site Moco Space. Have you ever heard of this? No, and I'm not even sure what a Moco is. I'm not really sure either. It's M-O-C-O. -O. Mo Coffee? People just really like their caffeine. Maybe, maybe. Right. Um, apparently, it's a mobile social networking app where you can chat with, play games with, send e-cards to, and send photos to your network. So it's okay. Facebook for your phone, specifically. Right. It's a mobile app. Right. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, these days, that's what Facebook is anyway. But... Well, right, these <laughs> days. But this was in 2008. So this was like oh, an wow. old okay. school okay. kind of version of this, which kind of is weird to me because 
Like, I didn't think that we had apps like that in 2008, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, I don't really remember using apps. I don't know. I didn't have a smartphone in 2008. Oh, that's true. You didn't. <laughs> I did, and I don't remember... Wait, did I have a smartphone? Was that when I had my Razor? Mm, technically not a smartphone. I know. That's right. what I'm thinking. Like, maybe and I had was... my OG LG Chocolate, so, so neither maybe... of us had smartphones. Yeah, so then maybe we just don't know, because we right. didn't have smartphones. Yeah. Maybe everyone right now is like, idiots, they don't know about MoCo. I used to MoCo it up. I want to hear from you guys if you have ever heard of MoCo Space. Yeah, for real. So, please let us know. I'm like, what the co is. If it's coffee, let me know. Yes. So, anyway, um, so Angie meets Alan Andrade, and I'm, I don't really give a shit if I'm saying no, his name incorrectly. It's Andrade, because there's a professional paintball player named uh, Arturo Andrade. Okay. Well, I couldn't care less anyway, because he's a garbage human. We'll care all about him. So (laughs) Angie meets Alan Andrade on here, and the two become fast friends. On July 14th, Angie borrowed her mother's car to pick Alan up from a town about an hour away from Greeley, though she did not inform friends or family of who he was. They spent the next few days together, and on July 16th, Angie had told a friend that she was going to have him help her pay one of her bills, and then she was going to kick him out of her apartment. (laughs) Good for you, Angie. (laughs) Well, I mean, we have the benefit of hindsight that we know that he's garbage, so yeah. But normally, no, it kind of makes her a little garbage. I know, I know. Um, But while Angie was at her friend's apartment, Alan spent that time alone in Angie's apartment. And he told the police after looking at the photos she had around her apartment, he began to grow suspicious of her maybe not being the person she said she was. When Angie got back to her apartment, Alan confronted her about his suspicions that he believed she was not a woman, but in fact a man. Oh. Angie replied, I am all woman. And Alan asked her to prove it. When Angie refused, Alan grabbed her crotch and felt a penis. So angered by this, he began to beat her harshly with his fists until she fell to the floor. He then grabbed a fire extinguisher and hit her twice in the head with it. Oh my god. He then covered her with a blanket and attempted to clean the scene. He told police that he heard Angie gurgling and saw her attempting to sit up, so he hit her one more time in the head with the fire extinguisher, and then grabbed his belongings and fled the scene. He said, quote, I thought I killed it. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. He called her an it. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I unfortunately know people who would, who would, who call, would do that. Yes. What people don't understand about the transgender community is that they are not deformed creatures. They are human beings. They identify as their particular gender. And you need to respect that. So if somebody is a transgender male, you respect that they are a male. If they're a transgender female you respect that they are a female if they're non-binary you respect that they go by they their theirs as pronouns you don't call them 
an it. Right, right. And I mean, it, it, it clearly it wasn't even a thought in his mind of, like, what's the proper pronoun to use. He was clearly trying to be insulting here. Oh, yeah. By implying that she was some kind of monster. Yeah. Clearly, that, that's, that's the obvious implication in this case. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous, because, like, if somebody says, you know, because the counter-argument is, oh, but if you were born a man, then you're a man, and that's all there is to it. But if you were born as, as uh, Frederick, and you want to be called Fred, do you deserve to be beaten to death with a fire extinguisher? Right. And I said, well, no, that's not your name. What if you want to be called Spunky? Because that's your nickname. Right. Okay, does that make you a monster who needs to be killed? No. You, if you want to be addressed as something, I'm going to respect, respect you and address that. you as that thing. Exactly. Like. Yeah. She deserved that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm going to talk <laughs> about her as a person, obviously, because that's what we do. But, like, she seemed like such an amazing human being. Like, she really seemed like somebody that, like, you wanted to be around. Like, someone, not that anybody deserves this, but, like, someone who really just didn't deserve to get caught up with a person like him. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Well, it's unfortunate that people in that situation can't be choosy. You know? Well, actually, so I'm going to go into this, but you'll you'll hear... Okay. <laughs> you'll hear more about that. Um, so not only did Alan grab his own belongings when he left, but he also grabbed Angie's. Well, you might as well. You've already committed murder. Right. You might as well steal some stuff. So he took her purse with her credit cards and her cell phone, which is why her sisters couldn't reach her. I mean, obviously she was also pissed, yeah. but her phone wasn't right. even in the apartment. Right. Nobody could hear the phone ringing, ringing, ringing right. because he had it. They couldn't do like a find my phone thing. No. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, it was 2008 again. Like, do they, did they have that back then? No, not as like an app that you could download. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so he also took the keys to her sister's car because she, remember, she was borrowing her sister's car. Um, so the car was a BT Cruiser. Because, um, you know, those were big then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so police put a bolo out on the vehicle and canvassed the apartment complex. Uh, Angie's credit card was being used by Alan at different locations, but police could not see Alan on surveillance video to identify who was actually using the card. However, one night, someone from an apartment complex in Thornton, the town from where Angie had picked Alan up, so it's about an hour away from where her apartment was, um, had called into 911 due to someone playing music excessively loudly in his vehicle in the parking lot. When police called in the license plate number, they received word that there was a bolo out on the vehicle. It was the PT Cruiser. Right. Thirteen days after Angie's death, Alan was arrested and charged with her murder. There was a positive match on the DNA found at the scene, and Alan's DNA. On April 22nd, 2009, a jury of eight men and four women found him guilty of murder and of a hate crime. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And in May of that year, so a month later, an extra 60 years was added to his sentence for being a <laughs> habitual offender. Wow. Life Good. plus 60. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so... There are a few things that I want to say here about this. First, I'm pretty sure every single episode we've done, we've bashed the police. 
Yeah, it, it does tend work. to be a running theme. And it's not, uh, honestly, it's not a personal bias on our part. No, it's This just, just seems to be a running theme. Exactly. A lot of these cases deal with, and this is partly, again, why we do the cases that we do, because a lot of these cases deal with people who are seen as throwaways in our society. Yeah. And generally, the police don't necessarily take those cases as seriously as they should. Right. Police departments tend, in general, to be very conservative organizations. Right. So I have to commend the police in this instance because they did their job. They did their due diligence. Good. And I watched um, a documentary about this. Well, it wasn't really a documentary, but like one of the ID shows on, on Investigation Discovery about this case. And from what I could tell, um, when the police arrived at the scene and they were talking to the sisters, um, they had called their mother to come and she came to the scene and she was yelling, my son, my son. And the police were like, wait, your son. And it registered to them that right. Angie was transgender, but they still worked this case as if they would have worked any other murder case. Like, right. they, it didn't seem to phase them. Right. And I have to say that's so amazing. And I have to say that that's just, that's kind of what I would expect from Colorado, especially. I mean, they're very progressive out there. Right. You know, so um, it was, it made me really happy to know that they were that on board with still working this case after hearing right. that she's not, right. you know, what society sees as Worthy. An upstanding, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I really, I have to, I have to say so much praise for them, um, and then also for the jury, because again, this is a two thousand eight, two thousand nine transgender hate crime trial, and the jury was made up primarily of men. Right. So not really. You're not expecting those men. To convict, especially of the hate crime. Like, yeah, maybe of the murder, because they're like, yeah, like... Obviously a murder was committed. <laughs> right. But not necessarily of a hate crime. Right. So I have to also commend the decision of the of those male jurors, because again, right. we don't see that often. Men siding with the LGBT right. community. Right. Especially. Right. Um, especially of a male-to-female Right. Transgender. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Many, many males, not all, obviously, not me, uh, <laughs> would tend to say, oh, well, you know, he was just doing the world a favor and getting rid of it. Exactly. So. Mm -hmm. So never before in this country was a bias-motivated crime seen as a crime against transgender people until this case. This case made this a hate crime. Because of this case, President Obama signed into law specific protections for transgender people under the Hate Crimes Act. This case Very, finally wow. gave those protections to the T in the LGBT right. community. Right. And thank you to the Obama administration oh, yeah. for that. Absolutely. If any administration was going to do it, it was going to be that one. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get political here, right. but the Obama administration was so amazing for the advancements of civil rights. Yep. So yep. just to allow people who didn't 
have that right prior. Right. To now be signed into federal law. Right. It's that was just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. And in his speech when he signed it into law, you could see how passionate and emotional he was over it. Like there are always those politicians who are doing it because it's a good sound bite or right. You know, they just think, oh, well, my constituents will love me if I do this. It right. really has nothing or, to or do with... they throw with... on the, the, the colorful scarf when they go to their uh, their hearings just to... I don't know, we'll get to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do stupid stuff to uh, appease people yes. when it's super duper obvious that they couldn't give a crap less. Exactly. <laughs> and, but that was something I really so much appreciated about President Obama was you right. could tell how much he cared about his position yeah. as the leader of the free world. Right, as someone in the best possible position to make change exactly. in the world. I mean, know? that was his platform. <laughs> yes. Change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and he did he did do that yeah. for a lot of a lot of oppressed people, you yeah. know? I mean, it was under his administration that we got um uh same-sex marriage passed federally. I mean, like, you know, and 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 kudos to, to SCOTUS too because I mean they're the ones who were who were looking at a lot of these cases I mean that was what mar the marriage equality thing went all the way to the Supreme Court and right. it was their decision right so you know it's just we can do great things yep. if we have the right people in those positions yeah and people who are willing to fight for that change mm -hmm. because you know one of two things can go wrong either the people that are in power cannot give a crap mm -hmm. or the people that give a crap just don't have the power right. and in a lot of cases in the united states you know you think like oh if this person is a senator then they're then they're up there making changes but in a lot of cases especially with newer senators they have zero power whatsoever yeah they have to and i mean have to follow what the senior senator senators yeah. in their party are telling them to do right you know and yes some young senators will break from the tradition and that tends to happen a lot more these days but you know it really is an old boys club in the united states senate yes, and it is. you know and, and it's and it's the senate that most policy is made mm -hmm. you know right it's you know it's it's the senior house for a reason it's, it's the it's yeah. the upper house for a reason yeah um and these are really important stories to be talking about like i i'm I'm so happy that we're doing that June is um is Pride Month and that we're doing a lot of these stories this month obviously because it's Pride but because of everything that's been going on with the Black Lives Matter movement also because they're in the same position now as the LGBT community was in right and you know we, we riots and marches and and um protests and petitions people fighting for the right to just live to literally live right as they are and so many of these cases have that all in common because these are all people who have been oppressed throughout this country's entire history yeah and these are people who deserve to have a life just like anybody else yeah everybody does that's the thing like yes. rights should absolutely be equal across every single absolutely. homo sapiens yes <laughs> right like there, there shouldn't you shouldn't have to fight for rights for anybody you should whether they're white or black or male or female or otherwise like every person should have should be able to do the same things that every other person 
can do until such time as they commit some kind of egregious crime. If you're going to take rights away from people, it should be like murderers and, and, and well, stuff. Well, yes. Um, yeah. You know, and even at that, those people deserve some kind of protections. Although, I, maybe I mean, not much. <laughs> but the point is, everyone who fight. has not murdered should be should have the exact same rights as as default yeah you should start with the same rights yes. you shouldn't have to fight for them yes <laughs> and i remember when the whole marriage equality thing was happening and i remember talking to one of my friends who actually had like just realized that she was gay she was actually married to a man for a little while and during that relationship i think it like they didn't have a great marriage okay. it, there was there was a lot of turmoil in the marriage but I remember talking to her after they um, separated and, you know, I just asked her, like, are you okay? And she was like, I'm so much better now because, like, I realized who I am. Right. And so we had that discussion. And part of that discussion was, I can't believe that we even have to have this fight. Why, why is it a fight for right. people to be able to get married? Yeah. Like what? How is that a thing? Why is that even on the floor? Why does that even have to be a bill that's passed? Right. We should like it's, just it's, all have that right. Yeah, like it's the year twenty twenty A.D. Like rights should have been settled two thousand years ago. Like we've got bigger problems to yeah. worry about now. <laughs> how are how are people still fighting for fundamental rights? And the same thing now. Like how how do we? It's we we shouldn't have to be protesting. We shouldn't have had to get to this point. Right. There's no reason to be at the point that we're at. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, that was our dog. <laughs> it's dinner time for them, so they're... Um, yeah. You got six minutes, buddy. Yeah, Relax. Yeah. So, Angie Zapata was born Justin Zapata on August 5th, 1989. Like, that just sounds so crazy to me, too. Like, she was so young. Yeah. 1989. She had three sisters and one brother, and at a young age, Angie knew she was not supposed to be in the body she was born into and began to dress more effeminate and decided to go by the name Joss. However, by junior high age, Angie knew she wanted to fully transition to become a woman. Her family was incredibly accepting of this and allowed her to begin taking hormone treatment, and she was saving up for gender reassignment surgery. I just think that's so amazing that her family was like so on board with this. Like her sister had told her, you know, you do you. Yeah. Like they would be in the bathroom together, all doing makeup together. Their brother would call her Angie. She right. was just one of his sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. It just, they were so, their mom was, was like, yeah, like you, this is who you are. Be you. It was, it was an amazing support system that she had around her yeah and as much as you know i hate to give any of the younger generation credit because i'm such an old curmudgeon the 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 people around that age people who are you know in their teens now really are being they're so much more accepting of these things like you know even when we were that age there were biases that were just normal yeah. And even for people like us who were not biased people, right. it was just a normal thing, yes. you know, mm -hmm. especially, you know, like I grew up in a town that was exclusively white. My entire high school with, I think, 1,200 people attending it, there was one black kid. Yeah. 
And that was it. And, yeah. and I don't know, maybe we had a few Latinos here and there, mm-hmm. but we had a thousand plus white kids. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it, it's not like I ever thought like, oh good, there are no black kids here, but it just seemed weird to me. That is to say, it didn't seem weird to me that yeah. every other that, person around right. me was white. And see, and for me, <sighs> I lived, I, I grew up for my early childhood in a town which was very diverse. I mean, we had blacks, Hispanics, whites. We had every kind of white. <laughs> um, we had, you know, Russians, Italians, Irish, um, Africans, Haitians, um, Puerto Ricans, Mexican, um, Spanish. I mean, we were all over the, the spectrum. We didn't really have Asians in my town, but we were very diverse in the, in the cultural and racial world. And then when I was 10, we moved to another super white town and it was a culture shock for me. Right. Because I was like, wait, like everyone looks exactly the same here. Yeah. We are all the same pale, you know, pasty right, white. Right. What happened? Where are the bodegas at? Where at? Yes. Where are the bodegas? I mean, thankfully I live, you know, I live yeah. super close to a town that had <laughs> bodegas, so I was fine, but it just, it was, I was so used to that diversity that it did occur to me moving here that right. I was like, whoa. Right. Why do we not have any people of any sort of color right. in this town? And, you know, we're called, well, your town is, is like literally called like the whitest town on the island. Yeah. Cause I, I think it, I think it is at least in Suffolk County by population. I, yeah. I believe it actually yeah. is. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty <laughs> the sure. whitest. We are one of, we are also one of the whitest. <sighs> um, but it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Does that count as chit chat? Uh, well. <laughs> We're flirting with the chit chat line. Yes. Not with each other. No. <laughs> That's chit chat. That's definitely <laughs> 100% chit chat. This right here, this is chit chat. <laughs> Thumbs down for the YouTube algorithm. So anyway, <laughs> Angie began going by the name of Angie and would often tell men who approached her while out that she was transgender. Like she was very open about it. Men would approach her at the bars and she was literally like, I have to tell you something. I'm transgender. Right. Like she was like, I'm getting this out of the way now. Right. If you don't want to be with me. Fine. Go on your way. Right. She was very upfront with them. Um, and of course she was, you know, she was bullied in school because of it, because kids are assholes. Oh, yeah. and that's just what's going to happen. Like, ugh, I hate kids. Um, but like you said, this generation now, they're a lot more accepting of those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just, and, and like, I don't know if it's good parenting. I, I, I should. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. But yeah, they're just, they're just a lot more accepting. It just doesn't even occur to them. Right. That like, oh, I'm supposed to make fun of the he, she mm-hmm. is what they used to say yeah. when we were kids. Yes. Yes. You know? That's, yeah. And you're supposed to make fun of them. Yeah. And granted, again, I never did. We were never those kinds of people. But to us, that if somebody said that, you'd be like, yeah, all right, that kind of shit happens. Mm-hmm. But like kids these days would be like, would we'd be like, what? Yeah. What, 
Why would I? Why would I do yeah. that? Why it doesn't we, make any sense? And sure, I'm sure there are some kids who are just a holes, but yeah. I feel like the difference is so stark between 20 years ago and today. We had a <laughs> girl that I went to elementary through high school with. I think she went. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she went to high school with me. Um, who was very um, masculine, uh, very stocky build. You know, just just not what you picture for like a feminine mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm, yep. And people would call her a hermaphrodite. And I was one of those people that, like, wanted to befriend her. Yeah. I didn't ever want to join in that conversation and bully her because that was disgusting. Um, you know, a few of my friends and I actually said to her once, like... Because you could tell that she was very insecure because of the way she looked. I don't think she had a lot of money. Um, so, like, she didn't really wear... She wore just, like, baggy t-shirts and, like, didn't do her hair. Like, she just... She didn't look like she wanted to look. Right. Um, and so we approached her once and said, like, you know, if you want, like, we can, we'll, we can, like, give you a makeover and, like, do your hair for you. Right. And, like, you know, and that's what, you know, in, in fifth, sixth grade, that's what right. you did. Right, that yeah. That was you, you know, with the olive branch. Like, you yep. want to help yep. somebody, and that's, that's what girls did back then. And she accepted. We never ended up doing it, but... But I think she saw that there were good people. Right. There were people who were um, wanting to help her. And I, I don't know where she is now. And I'm hoping that she's okay now. Because, again, she got bullied a lot. So I just think that Angie having that support system around her, especially having it be her family, oh, so yeah. close and so accepting of her, really helped her blossom. Helped her become the woman that she was becoming. Because mm-hmm. if... She had people at school bullying her, and then she also had her family at home not accepting her. It could have ended in suicide. Which oh, yeah. so often it does. Absolutely. Especially for the transgender community. Yeah. You know? So, I, I, I just, I commend her family. I commend yeah. a lot of people in this, this case. Yeah. You know, a yeah. lot of the people in this case make me feel like there is hope. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Um... For the LGBT community, and and there is that acceptance out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in a lot of these cases that we review, you know, they, they didn't. People didn't have that kind of support, and oh, yeah. that led to their death. So right. in this case, obviously she was she was killed anyway, but maybe she had a fighting chance you know and, and and maybe we know about this because the police did their job yeah you know what i mean well again this is the case that made the obama administration right. put this on yeah. the map so there as you a go. hate crime so so right there so i mean that obviously it means did that something she for this community did good exactly like a, a lot exactly. of good like most of the stories we talk about their deaths are not in vain and i know right. it sounds so cliche but it really her death put so many other gave so much justice yeah. to other transgender people who yeah. who were killed. Yeah. So as I mentioned, when Angie was out at the bars and a guy would approach her, she would make sure to inform him, "I'm transgender. If you don't want to go further, cool. If you do, cool." So some guys, of course, would turn away from her. Right. And then there were other guys who actually were like, "Oh, hey, that actually might be kind of interesting." Right. Okay. And so yeah, cool. 
Yeah, you I mean, know? like, like I probably wouldn't be interested, right. but I would be respectful about it. I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. well, damn, you're a good-looking guy, so... Were. Most of them were respectful <laughs> good luck. of her. Um, and then there were the guys who were who were interested in it. Like, right. I don't know if maybe they thought it was, like, a kinky thing, or maybe right. they were bisexual. Right. And it was right. the best of both worlds for them, you right. know? I mean, there could yeah. be that, too. Yeah, it's funny, because, like, I in my head, I would make the joke about, like, oh, you know, that guy is really pretty, like, maybe I'm gay. Yeah. But it's like, well, maybe you are. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're out at the bar and you're looking at this biological male and thinking, like, wow, I'm sexually attracted to yeah. that, guess what? Maybe it's because... <laughs> right. I mean, again, like, we can't help who we're sexually attracted to. Right. And we shouldn't have to help it. We shouldn't have to help it. It should just be like, like you know, like... You like find for someone attractive? Great. Be attracted to right. them. Like, for people who are bisexual, like, that is the winning hand. That's... You can... You can date anyone you want. Everyone. That's awesome. <laughs> You don't have to be like, oh man, I really like this friend of mine, but he's a dude, so can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, no, go for it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Angie was a, a, a beautiful young woman whose life was cut way too short for being the person that she dreamed of being. I mean, she was so close to being able to get that gender reassignment and really becoming who she who she had hoped she could be. And on the other hand, we have Alan, who was a piece of garbage. Yep. Who deserves all the punishment that he is probably receiving in prison. I really hope that he's receiving a lot of punishment. Yeah, I hope he's receiving it. Exactly. Upon investigating him more, they found that on the social networking site MocoSpace... I just like saying that. Oh, yeah, MocoSpace. It does roll right off the tongue. Yeah. Uh, Alan had frequented the bisexual forum. Right. So they believe that he was not actually surprised by Angie's transgender life and that right. he probably knew that she was transgender and was cool with it. Right. Yeah. And then when he was confronted with his own truth, couldn't handle it and just lost his poop. Yeah. Bingo. I am tapping my nose right now. Bingo. <sighs> she was extremely upfront with people about being transgender. So you can't imagine that she didn't tell him. Right. You know? Right. Like, why would he be the only person that she wouldn't tell that she was dating? Right. That she wouldn't tell right. yeah. that she was transgender? Yeah. Yeah. During a, I believe, a jailhouse phone conversation, I couldn't tell 100% um, with his girlfriend at the time, um, Alan actually said, quote, gay things need to die. Wait, who said that? Alan. The guy with, who killed her. With who? He said this to his girlfriend over the phone. And I'm assuming it was while wow. he was in jail. Because it was a recorded conversation. Wow. So. Jeez. Yeah, he's a disgusting person. Yeah, and... And, and it just says even more... Yeah, we more, could just go down a rabbit hole with that. I know. We really could. Because clearly, he was, in fact, bisexual. I think he was. And or even, or even fully homosexual, fully gay and just and just didn't couldn't accept come it. To terms with it, and some part of himself wanted to kill himself yeah. over it. Yeah, you know, and, I mean, you know, she refused his advances at one point. Um, this is the story that he told the police that he grabbed that he said, "Prove it to me," whatever, and she said, "No." Right. So. 
I don't know if he necessarily killed her because he was angry that she lied to him. Because again, I don't think that she lied to him. I personally think that he probably killed her because he was A, angry with himself. He was... And he was taking it out on her because she didn't want to show him that side of her. And to me, maybe in, you know, some weird psychological way, he saw that in himself, that he doesn't want to show that side. Yeah, absolutely. And and just... In his mind, he was killing that part of himself. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, he may have even... He may have even lost it when he did grab her crotch and feel the penis yeah. and he may have gotten aroused right then and there and Quite that's possibly. what and, and that that's would... what flipped the switch in his head absolutely that could definitely said, happen too this is me this is disgusting it has to die yep yep so i do want to talk really quick about um the fact that his inter- his attorneys tried to use the gay panic defense at his trial which is a legitimate strategy yes, the gay panic defense yes yeah. So there's a gay panic defense, and then there's a stem of the trans trans panic defense. All right? So this is a legal strategy in which the defendant claims they acted in a state of temporary insanity, committing assault or murder due to unwanted same-sex sexual advances. So he, his attorney, and this happens a lot in these cases, his attorneys claimed that he was temporarily driven insane because of the shock that she was transgender that he found out and he was like what and blacked out and just had to kill her yeah i mean i'm pretty sure temporary insanity isn't a thing anymore legally like i'm pretty sure that's not a legal defense so this is still a, a, a legal strategy in some states this is still a legitimate thing what yep um i actually have the states where it's been banned but from where it's been banned, you can see where it hasn't. Right. So in 2014, they were the first state. It was banned in California. No surprise there. No surprise there. <laughs> 2017, it was banned in Illinois. 2018 was in Rhode Island. 2019 was Connecticut, Hawaii, Maine, and Nevada. New York tried in 2014, 2015, and 2017... And was finally successful in 2019. Wow. New Jersey attempted in 2015, 2016, and 2018, and it finally passed in 2020. Washington, D.C. attempted in 2017, still has not passed. Georgia, Minnesota, Pennsylvania tried in 2018, still didn't pass. Massachusetts, New Mexico, Texas, and Washington tried in 2019, and Washington State only banned it in 2020. The other states, still, it's not banned. So, all of those states, plus the other states that we haven't even talked about trying. Right. It's technically still. It is still a legal strategy. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I thought that went out in like the 90s. I thought that it was pretty much like the unwritten rule that like nobody's buying that crap. To be honest with you, I don't know what the statistics are of actually using it. Um, I know right. that it has been used in many cases. Right. Um, I think it's definitely gotten some people off, but I don't think it's been the majority of the cases. Right. Like, just because it's not banned doesn't mean that you, it's it's a go-to card. It just it just means that it's not a it's not on the books. Like you can't do this. Well, now. it's just like saying that you're you're pleading insanity. Period. 
You know, right. you have to prove a lot of things to say that you were insane at the time of something happening. You right. can't just be like, yeah, I was crazy. Right. Like, that's a, it's not like that. There has to actually be, like, evidence to show that you were at the time. Right, right. So, um, it, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me that there are still states that allow it. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of nuts. Isn't that insane? So, uh, one more thing before we're done. I just want to quickly go over some statistics because I usually do them in the beginning of the episode, but I wanted to really just like dive into this case because it's just so disgusting. Um, this episode required a little suspense. So (laughs) we're going to do the, we did the case first and now we're doing the statistics after. Dun, dun, dun. No, we're done with that. Oh, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Okay. So in 2018, the FBI reported that there had been 7,120 hate crime incidents in the U.S., and at least 28 of those were violent killings of transgender people. That's not even just assaults. Like, that's not even including assaults of transgender people. 28 were violent killings of transgender people. Now, there aren't that many transgender people in the country. Right, right. You know... Um, in 2019, there were at least 27 by November, um, and the 2019 FBI report has not been released yet, so I don't know the stats of how many uh, hate crime incidents there actually were. And while I know that Wikipedia is not the most reliable source, and Dan's probably rolling his eyes right now, yep, <laughs> they do have a page dedicated to all the transgender individuals who have been killed since the 1980s. So we can keep their memories alive and know their stories a little better. And of course, Angie is on that list. So I will put that list in the show notes and um, you guys can learn a little bit more about um, the people in that community and what their lives meant. Um, Do you have any final words on this case? No, I mean, it just, you know, it's kind of bittersweet that, that legislation was able to be passed because of her sacrifice and and rights were pushed forward i mean you know i don't have anything new to say just just i'm going to repeat the fact that like it's crazy that in 2020 we still have to fight for any rights at all yeah all people should have exactly the same rights Mm -hmm. it's nuts it is that we're still fighting this fight (laughs) all right well that concludes episode 12 of blackbird if you or someone you know has a story you would like to share on blackbird please email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com or dm us on instagram at blackbird advocacy um i am always available to talk there if you have questions concerns you're feeling a little down you want to talk send me a message and don't forget that we still have the giveaway going on which is almost over we are announcing the winner at 2000 followers and i believe we're at 1960 now so i'm sure by the end of the week we're going to reach that 2000 so get in now if you want to win all the really fun cool true crime stuff so the rules one follow us on instagram at blackbird advocacy two review us on itunes or i think stitcher but itunes seems to be the best place to go Also, if you are not an Apple user, you can still, um, on the computer, I don't think you can on your phone, but on the computer, you can still get an Apple ID 
and listen to the podcast and review and all that stuff. So you don't have to worry about the fact that you aren't like technically a Mac or Apple user or have iTunes or whatever. You can still do it. Um, so write us a review. And then number three, once your review is approved and it's up, screenshot it, post it on your Instagram with the hashtag Blackbird giveaway and put it in your actual post, not your stories. Um, and, you know, you can always uh, review us even if you're not entering the giveaway. <laughs> we would just like some reviews. And five stars is always a good thing. You know, we like we like stars. Yeah, we like pointy things. I'm on the floor. Pointy things are good. <laughs> had to calm our dogs down um and of course please share the podcast with your friends and family um because again these are really important topics that we talk about and maybe someone's going through something that you don't necessarily know and maybe this podcast might help them and might help facilitate a conversation between you and someone else conversation is good always have the conversation <laughs> if somebody's not willing to have the conversation with you or you feel like they're going to make it awkward then you shouldn't be conversing with those people at all Agreed. But, but converse with somebody. It's important. Agreed. And as always, be safe. Be aware of your surroundings. Be authentically you and don't give a fuck what other people think. Drop an F-bombs. Don't. Don't. N-F-G. Or D. D-G-A-F. D-G-A-F, yeah. I, I said N-F-G. It's N-F-G... To GAF, so DGAF. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I'm cool. <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to start singing the Erica Jane song in my head again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and wear your masks or continue to social distance if you can. Yeah, pool, pool noodles. Get three foot pool noodles, glue them to yourself, and that means you're six feet away from everybody else. And it'll look awesome. And you take pictures and you post them on our Instagram. Yeah, you and can. I'll give you likes or something. I don't know how the internet works. <laughs> yeah, Dan I'll give you stars. I'll give you five stars. Dan yeah. definitely knows how the internet works. He just doesn't know how social media works. Well, that's basically what the internet has turned into. <laughs> yeah. No? Okay, well, I guess that's time for uh, us to go. That'll about do it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Peace.